superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Is this the button that plays the Rich Eisen show? Tatum's Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Here's the snap to Murray looking left all the way. I knew I should have held on to this because it ain't over. Because I can't believe Arizona would want to hit the reset button and start again. Earlier on the show, Timberwolves head coach Chris Finch. Still to come. Three-time NBA champion BJ Armstrong. Plus, Caesars Sportsbook Chief Trends Officer Trey Wingo. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Our number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. 844-204-RICH is the number to dial here on the program. We already had Chris Finch, the head coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, stop by. He's uh, one of only two coaches to actually win on the road over the first weekend of the NBA playoffs. That is now underway. There's three games tonight. Sixers trying to take a 2-0 lead. Same thing that the Warriors are attempting to do. And the Mavericks, minus Luka, lost their opener against the Jazz, who are trying to go back home up 2-0. That would be a huge development in that series. And here on the Rich Eisen Show to talk about it in person is one of our favorites, three-time NBA champion, and now with the Wasserman Media Group, as he has been for the last several years. Good to see you, B.J. Armstrong. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. It's always a pleasure to be here. Good How are you doing? I'm Family's doing great. good? You look the same. You don't oh, age. You look the same. <laughs> you're, like, you're like the Paul Rudd of basketball. Like, you don't age. You don't age. You look great, man. Oh, thank you. Thank you got you. it. So uh, what what was your sense of the uh, the weekend's games? Which What stands out to you now that we're, we're one game in? Well, they were the, incredible games. I thought yeah. starting with the plan, that was excellent. The playoffs have been phenomenal. You know, you talk about, you look at, you know, two games in particular, the Boston-Brooklyn game. Yeah. That was just insane. The the level of play, the going back and forth, the intensity of the game. And then you go out west and you see what Minnesota was able to do. Right. Uh, and win on the road. It was a great win versus uh, Memphis. Now Memphis suddenly now has a second seed in the Western Conference, and now they're expected to win. So that was a great game. But overall, I thought I thought the playoffs have been very competitive. They've been highly contested, um, and you know what? I've been I enjoyed every moment of it. I can't wait till tonight. And you were talking about my guy Gus. Gus yeah, Johnson. Gus is on the Gus call. and I grew up together in he, Detroit. Is that right? So I played against Gus in high school. So I'm so excited. What to okay. hear Gus playing I mean, tonight? I know so this. all right, now now this is where we settle for a little bit here. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> so you you played against I Gus. Played, Gus and I graduated high school together. Uh-huh. I mean, at the same time, I yeah. went to the uni- he went to the University of Detroit, yes. U of D High School, and yeah. I went to Brother Rice High School yeah. in Detroit. We played in the same Catholic league, mm-hmm. and we played against each other. Graduated high school together in '85, and uh, I played against Gus in high school. He was a really good player. Is that right? What, uh, what break down his game for me? What's it? Gus was a point guard, smaller guard. Yeah. Uh, he reminds <laughs> me that uh, you know that he gave me numbers. We, we, we can't recall it. You know, we can't recall it. <laughs> But he was a really good player, very competitive, all ha- always had this great voice, little guy with this great voice. So to see the excitement, you know, in which he calls the games. Now, he was doing that at our games, playing uh, pickup. So He was I, calling your pickup Oh, games? I guess was, he always had a great call. He always had this energy. He always had that spirit about him. So to see it now and share it with the rest of the world is fabulous. To see. Did, did all the games always come down to crazy finishes just because he was calling Gus it? Was, if Gus was here, you know they were. You know, we played at a place called St. Cecilia. Uh, everyone that grows up in Detroit knows that, you know, familiar with that place. So yeah. Gus was there. He was always a little guy with this big voice. And uh, so to see him now doing his thing, whether it's football, 
and now back in the NBA, it's just fantastic. It is fantastic, and he's calling that game tonight uh, on Turner, Sixers, and, and Raptors. Let's uh, let's hit the uh, Nets and Celtics game. Yes, and the conversation um, uh, coming out of it is <laughs> it's not the the way that Kyrie played, and it's not the way that Tatum ended it. It's it's the double bird that that Kyrie flipped. <laughs> so uh, before we get into that, uh, did you what was the the craziest place you would play in when you would come in as an opponent where you knew that you had to have your game and your you-know-what together because you'd hear it from the crowd and they'd be all on Well, you, you know, music. New York was always a very hostile environment. Madison uh, Square Garden. Madison Square Garden. You know, the old Boston Garden would, could be a little volatile as well, but it, re, it reminds me of when we played then that there were the Washington Bullets. Mm-hmm. There was this fan there that sat behind the bench, Robin Ficker, and he was... Oh, yeah. Remember Robin? Robin was phenomenal. I mean, he would say anything. He would read from books, and everything was on the table. And I just remember Robin doing his thing and everything that he said. But there were so many hostile environments back then. You know, Cleveland, for instance, it wasn't, it wasn't like, let's say, a love affair with the Chicago teams at that time. You know, Cleveland really had good teams up there in, in, uh, at that particular time. Sure. These so, are the Craig Elo years. And, and of all course, that stuff, you know, Mark the Detroit Price. Pistons. And I was from Detroit. And uh, so I expected it. And I knew that what was coming, um, what was up there. So there were a lot of hostile environments. But you know what? It was just part of the game. You just kind of blocked it out, did your thing. And the best revenge is when you won the game. So uh, it was part of the business and uh, really no big deal at that time. So what did you make of Kyrie? flipping the double bird, and then also flipping the bird. I mean, like, he was giving it back to the fans with his middle finger. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a relationship that you, you got to understand. You know, there's, as, a, as a competitor, mm-hmm. I understand where Kyrie's coming from. You know, and I don't want to take away from what he did because he was simply brilliant during that game. He was? He was brilliant. I mean, they, fought, they had no business really getting back in that game, and he was simply incredible. So I understand from a competitive standpoint, but I also understand there's a business here. And the business and the relationship that you have as an athlete with the fans is one that's they go hand in hand. I mean, it's you know, there's a reason, you know, that this sport is doing as well as it's doing as far as financially, the economic ramifications of, you know, the the relationship that you have. So I understand that. But on the on the other hand, you know, Kyrie has a you know, he has he has a job to do and his job is to go out there and play and really not getting caught into the emotion of what this is. You know, people will say things, you know, I've been called all types of things, and it's part of the business. However, you would hope that he would be able to block that out, go out there and play, because I'm telling you what, what he did on the court was simply, it was like, it was marvelous. It was really one of the great performances we've seen, uh, and certainly I enjoy watching him play. So hopefully... He'll be able to figure it out, play, because, you know, I really want to talk about what's going on in between the lines. I know that. So do I. But, you know, I I, I didn't play before his soundbite um, when he was asked about it after the game uh, earlier in the show. Mm-hmm. I was kind of waiting for you to, to arrive, and you have you have arrived. This is what <laughs> uh, this is what Kyrie Irving had to say, and then we'll, we'll talk about it on the other side right. with B.J. Armstrong. Look, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just – where I'm from, you know, I'm used to all these antics and people being close nearby. Um, you know, it's nothing new when I come into this building, what it's going to be like. But it's the same energy they have for me, and I'm going to have the same energy for them. And it's not every fan. I don't want to attack every fan, every Boston fan. But, um, you know, when people start yelling and all this stuff, it's but so much you can take uh, as a competitor. And, um, you know, we're the ones expected to be docile and be humble and take a humble approach. Nah, that's the playoffs. This is what it is. You know, I, I've, I know what to expect in here, and it's the same energy I'm giving back to them. It is what it is. I'm not really focused on it. It's fun. You know what I'm saying? Like, like again, it's where I'm from, I, I've dealt with so much. So coming in here, it, you relish it as a competitor. And, and this is, uh, you know, I'm going to keep repeating myself when I say again, but this isn't my first time in TD Garden, so what you guys saw and what you guys think is as entertainment or the fans think is entertainment, all is fair in competition, you know? So if some, somebody's going to call me out of my name, I'm going to look at them straight in the eye and see if they really about it. Most of the time, they're not. Most of the time, they're not. <laughs> what did you think of that, BJ? Well, you know what? When you – look, I grew up in Detroit, and trash talking is part of the game, and you understand it. I get it, but you know what? It's now we live in a different age, and there's a level of sensitivity on both sides from the fans' perspective 
and from the players' perspective. But, you know, the names that I was called, especially in Madison Square Garden, if that was it, that's a light day. <laughs> so it's a different time now. And, um, and hopefully, you know, guys will understand it. And you know what? It's, it's a new era. I can just say that. Different time as well for players to respond, the manner in which Kyrie responded? Or or you think the, the NBA is going to slap a fine on him based on that? Well, I think the NBA will review this. And like I said, you know, I think you have to be respectful. You know, that's a, that's a word now, especially today, that you really have to be reminded of. You have to be respectful on both sides. And these players you know, have to be respected and they have to be treated with respect and vice versa. So I think the NBA will review it, what they decide to do. You know what? You know, that's why those guys get paid the big bucks. But I think right now you have to respect the players. And I think the players have to respect the fans. And hopefully um, they can continue to have this relationship because they go hand in hand. They go with one another. What I was what you might have been hearing back in the day in Madison Square Garden, um, <laughs> that, that can't compare to what Jordan was hearing. Right. I mean, I no, that's what I'm saying. Like that started. I remember, you know, rolling into the to the arena on the bus. I mean, the fans were out there. They're screaming. They're saying all types of things, things we can't repeat here. Mm-hmm. But. That was just part of it, you know. I, I, I just. What did Jordan look at on the bus? Did he just look at you guys? Say, did you well, hear it? it, gave, or it he... For us, it was like it, it gave us a focus. You know, that was part of. That's that was that was the mentality back then. You know what? If you didn't come into an arena thinking that they were gonna, you know, say, hey, hey, BJ, how you doing? Welcome and <laughs> throw the red carpet out. You know, <laughs> it was just part of the business. So right, it, it really allowed us to have this mentality of like it's us versus the world, which. I enjoy. I enjoy playing on the road. I think most of the guys on that team in that era enjoy playing on the road more than home because it gave you a sense of like team. It gave you a sense of us versus them. And uh, if you could lock in, I, I can't think of anything greater when that arena was quiet. To me, getting to the silence was the goal, and uh, I love that. That's the whole point about Kyrie, B.J. Armstrong, is because he did – Provide the play to quiet the crowd. Yes, yes. And and so the birds not really like leave that to be Larry in that building. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's that that that's I don't know if it's necessary or is it what he needs to do to reach the level that provides that play? Because he quieted the crowd down. Like he, he had literally did twenty thousand plus people sitting in complete silence. Right. And to me. What more you need to say? I mean, what he was doing was like, wow. It was like one of those wow moments, and they had an opportunity to win that game. He and sure uh, for them, they didn't win. But what a great moment, and I'm really looking forward to game two. And like I said, let the NBA figure that out. I just hope Kyrie brings that same energy. I hope KD comes back and figures out what he needs to do in game two, and I'm really looking forward to a wonderful series. And then there's Tatum. How good is he? What do you think? Man, Jason Tatum. You, you we don't see talk him, about him very much. Yeah, you see him blossoming into a star. You know, the Boston Celtics have really been the best team since the the, the new year. They, he've been, they've been playing great defensively. They've been playing outstanding. And what you're seeing is you're seeing a balance to his game now. He's not just an offensive player. You know, I thought yesterday he did a great job of really kind of distributing, passing, playing defense on Kevin. He's taken on the challenge, and you see his leadership growing. And I think it's wonderful to see when you see young players begin to take steps. He's now truly a superstar, one that can manage the game and plan the game at a very, very high level. Yeah, and that 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 game-ending moment was set up by the defense. Yes, the, it was. The, the, the sequence that the Celtics had on the defensive end, you know, where Durant – basically took a YOLO, you know, shot from what about 40 feet it seemed like <laughs> to try and yes. to beat the shot clock. That was incredible. They yeah, shut like it I down. Said, yeah, defensively they've been incredible. They've really done a very nice job and they're missing their best defensive player perhaps. Um in the Williams kid. So yeah. I think right now they're playing well. A great game came literally down to the last second. Great shot. And uh, here we are, game two. How psyched are you that we're talking Celtics basketball, Chris? I mean, that's... that's It's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> it's just like, like, BJ, you talked about Tatum kind of blossoming into a superstar. Like, you've really seen it take him, his game to a new level this year. He's more involved. He's a better passer. He's a better yes. rebounder. And he's getting that 30 a night where he can be in the conversation for first-team All-NBA. It's well, just, as a fan, it's really fun to watch, and he's only 23 years old. He was on Reddick's podcast saying, I think I'm the best player in the NBA. 
you know, and and that's it's that that's a statement. That is a statement because we don't. Right. He didn't get any run. I mean, zero run for MVP. Zero. You like his yeah. uniform number is pretty much his run for MVP because of you know Embiid what he was doing and right. Jokic and obviously Giannis having his late you know run for the Bucks this year. So yes. I, you, he, this is his moment. This is his moment. If he could dispatch the Nets in the first round. That's a big time. That would be a big time statement. Don't you think? That would be a big time statement. And the thing that I'm most impressed with is he's taken on the challenge on the other end. Right? You know, we've always known that he can score. He can score in bunches. But, you know, he was guarding Kevin Durant. Mm -hmm. I mean, the amount of energy and focus that he has to be able to contain a player of that caliber. I mean, you're talking about Kevin Durant, probably the most elite offensive player in the league currently. For him to take on that challenge and still come up and find a way to win the game, that says a lot about this young player. And like I said, we're watching a true superstar blossoming right in front of us. B.J. Armstrong here on the Rich Eisen Show. We'll take a break, come back, talk a little bit more playoffs. As you know, we're just up the road from the Lakers facility here. I want to get your two cents on what you think the (laughs) Lakers might be thinking and doing, you know, and... um, and a little bit more memory lane stuff with you, B.J. Armstrong. B.J. Armstrong is here on the Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. We're back with him and you in a moment. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit gametime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Outfit, talking uh, very important stuff with BJ. Can Rush just call and like maybe uh, explain this? To, can Rush just call and maybe video <laughs> chat Wilson so we can just see this? Rich, you know. FaceTime Russell Wilson. Yeah, right? FaceTime. <laughs> or or do you or do you think Jokic is kind of going like uh, calling up his real estate agent saying where is this, where, how, I'm saying. where where you was that listing for me? I mean, I'm, I mean I mean I'm 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 the MVP of the NBA for crying out. For me, the best part about this whole story. Did you see whose record he broke for the most? Most expensive home mm-hmm. in the Denver area. Uh, which sport? Is it a sport? Is football. it an athlete? Football. Uh, football. Is it Peyton Manning? No, it's no. a coach. Head coach. What? Mike Shanahan? Mike Shanahan. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Shanahan? Had, had the record for almost $16 million in Denver. Shanahan, yeah, huh? He's living large. Well, you know, he probably he, he probably knows some sort of like BlackRock person or whatever. He's probably well invested. Locked in. Locked in. His permatan is George Hamilton tan. He, really, he, 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 he strikes me like he probably knows the right people. Rich, where, are you going, where are you going with this, Rich? Where are you going? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm thrown off by four beds, 12 baths. We got, Come we, on, you know, man. Uh, we got to get out to Denver. So I can't get, believe that. It has to be it. more to it. It a has typo? to be some type of room. It's got to be a typo. Yeah, yeah that's right. what I'm thinking. Okay, very good. I'm going with that. Oh, all right. Let's just <laughs> let's jump back into our lane here a little bit then. Um, what? You say real estate's not our lane? Uh, real estate is definitely not our lane. <laughs> it's definitely not our lane. So um, what do you think is happening in the Lakers front office right now? 
as we're sitting here. <sighs> DJ wow, the Lakers. You well, think? you know what? Right now, they have a lot of issues <laughs> that they have to attend to, right? Yeah. And with the biggest being, what are you going to do with their two best players? Okay, mm-hmm. LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They mm-hmm. have to really figure out what's the direction of this franchise and answer this question. Mm-hmm. Can you build a team that is currently constructed around those two? Mm-hmm. And that's going to be a huge question moving forward. And I think will determine the success of the franchise moving forward. Now, you know, you and I, we live out here in L.A. It's championship or bust. Correct. So now, can you win with Anthony Davis mm-hmm. and LeBron James and then build around it, right? You know, and everything else comes after that, right? What are you going to do with Russell Westbrook? How are you going to construct the rest of the team? So forth and so on. So I think right now they have to answer that question. I think those two have to answer that question. And do they have the pieces? Do they have the resources to build as it's currently constructed with the salary cap, so forth and so on? And once they answer that question, then they can move from there. So let's take these questions one at a time then. Um, I would think you could win, right? You can build a championship team around LeBron and Anthony Davis, don't you think? I mean... Well, I think you can, but you have to look at the way the game is played. You have to look at how many games has LeBron played now over the last four years, mm-hmm. okay? Um, Anthony Davis, health, so forth and so on. You have to take all these things into consideration because their window is, you know, it's closing, right? You know, LeBron is 37. When am I, re- am I really expecting him at 38 years of age next year to play 75-plus games and carry a team? If Anthony Davis does get hurt, then what does that do for the rest of the team? Can we move forward or are we going to have another season like this? Because the one thing that they seem, or at least they're saying outwardly, is if they are healthy, mm-hmm. that they feel they have a chance. However, when you, when you, you know, when that window begins to close and you do, your room for error isn't as large anymore. So I think they have to really consider how many more players are they going to need to get them through the regular season so that those great players, right? LeBron James is still one of the elite players. Yes. Anthony Davis is still an elite talent but they're going to need other players to get them through the regular season. If there's anything that I think they miscalculated is they got to play the regular season before those experienced <laughs> yes. players can come into <laughs> come to the plate and, and be what they are. I think that's what was the miscalculation this season. Yeah, the, that pesky thing called an 82-game schedule yes. that you have to get through. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and they... Honestly, I mean, you've got to really try to not make the play-in tournament. Right. I mean, like, to be one of those 10 teams. When I say, I mean, like, you take a look at the 10 teams that didn't make the playoffs. Some of them were just tanking. They were tanking. You knew they were right. tanking. That You knew, or certainly when Damian Lillard went out, you knew the, the, the Blazers were pulling the plug on stuff. So I, I guess the answer would be then you'd have to fill out the roster because you can't, I don't think the answer would come out of whatever meetings they're having with, you know, Palinka and Jeannie Boss and the Rambi in the room as they're known. <laughs> the Rambi, is that his name? The, the Rambi? Ram, well, no, it's Kurt and, and, and it's Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Rambus who have voices in okay. that. So it's the Rambis. That's the way I've heard they've been refer, referred to here in this town. Okay. Instead of the Rambuses. Um, so I, I'd find it hard to believe that the answer would be like, yeah, we got to break it up. Because that would mean Anthony Davis goes. They're, they're not going to. They're not going to tell LeBron we're done here, right? Uh, certainly, yeah. when he's going to break Kareem's record. I, I mean, don't think they right? say that initially, but you know what? I think once they have a heart to heart discussion, you know, everyone's got to figure out where they're at. For, you know, where they are really at. You know, and uh, I just remember when Shaq was starting to age a little bit, mm-hmm. and I was just, you know, I was just listening or watching from the outside the conversation that he had with the late Dr. Jerry Buss when they decided to move Shaq. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think the one thing that all of the parties involved, LeBron, you know, Jeannie Buss, Rob Palenka, and all the people here, um, the Rambis, you know, mm-hmm. the people that you refer yeah. to, them, I think they're going to have, have to have a heart-to-heart. And that heart-to-heart is, where are we at, for real? Like, what are we, what's our expectations with this group? What's our expectations with LeBron at this stage? What's our expectations with Anthony Davis? And then commit to that, right? Because right, the one thing that's missing right now is, you know, we live out here and we see it like, who's leading this? You know, you'll hear this group, that group, what have you. 
I think one thing they need right now is someone to step up and lead. And whatever that is. Front office, you mean? Front office, player, wherever that leadership is going it's to come It's not LeBron? From. You don't think it's LeBron? Well, I think it's, Le- I think it's LeBron, but everyone's going to have to be accountable for the, for, the, for the success of the group. So whoever that is, if it's going to be LeBron, okay, then let's live with the decisions that we make. But right now, you can say, you know, we hear different things living out here and, you know, mm-hmm. being in the media, so forth and so on. So I think right now they have to they have to have a heart to heart, figure out, you know, what they're going to do and commit to it and live with the results of it. And then whatever that is, then at least you and I will know who to point the finger at at the end of the season. Well, I mean, <laughs> uh, everyone's going to wind up pointing it to LeBron anyway, you know, because right. everyone feels like he has gotten and has earned uh, appropriately the ability to start sure. figuring out like, you know, uh, mapping out his own end game scenario because right. his end game scenario is we're closer to it than not. Yes. Um, you know, his son's coming into the league. Clearly, I think he wants to how about play that? with him. How I about think, that? I, I mean, tell me about it, right? I mean, how old will we all feel that LeBron James's son will be in this league? And so, you know, clearly he wants to play with him. So let's just stipulate here. I'm ha- this is a fascinating conversation with BJ Armstrong. Let's stipulate that they do come out of that saying. There's no way LeBron's leaving Los Angeles. Okay. We love having him. He sells tickets. He loves living here. He's going to break Kareem's record. We want him to do it in a Laker uniform. We want right. to have a big Laker. To, hoo-ha. They, they, they're they're right. great at those. And that Anthony Davis is clearly, you know, when he's not, unfortunately, living up to Barkley's nickname for him as street clothes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just assume they, they, we, they come out of those meetings and say, this is our tandem. Is Russell Westbrook, in your estimation, in your world of, the, of this business and agenting and things that you have been involved in, is he movable, do you think, when it's all said and done? Well, what I've learned over the years, everyone is movable. Okay. <laughs> he is movable. Now, what are they going to get back in return that's going to fit their timeline and what they feel is a realistic goal of what they can do or can't do? Right. So he is movable. He can be moved. There were, believe it or not, there will be, I think there will be multiple teams that would be willing to move him. Now, what are they willing to get back for the salary that he's at? Yes. Will it help this team? Because, you know, the one thing, Rich, that it's really missing in the NBA now mm-hmm. because of the salaries and all that is roster construction. Constructing a team is an art in and of itself. You know, you know, you have these guys like Jerry West, for instance. These guys are really, that's a skill set. You know, when you can build a team and you can see what's needed. So as you're looking at LeBron James right now, where he's at, and you're looking at Anthony Davis, where he's at, can you build a team around them to complement what they do well so that they can be the best version of themselves? So I think you can move Russell Westbrook, but can you get back the pieces to construct a team that's going to allow them if they come to the conclusion that this is a championship caliber team? And that's, those are the realistic conversations that they have to have right now. That's the rubber meat in the road. I think we have yes. drilled into it is that I think, and I think it's fascinating that you think that, that these conversations about is LeBron and uh, AD a right. championship combination that we can still build around, that you still think that the answer could come out of that meeting that LeBron is the one that, can ha- that we just have to part ways. Yeah, I just find that totally fascinating that that could be a possibility. But I think when it's all said and done, it's going to be LeBron. It's going to be Anthony Davis. Right. And it's going to be some new coach who's, who wants a piece of this. And um, and then the question is, is getting Westbrook elsewhere, how do they get the pieces back to build around these that two to guys? Me, that's the, that's, that's it the, right there. Th- that's it. I mean, you, you because know Because LeBron what? doesn't have much of a window Because if left. you're going to be the best player on the team, right, you have to have a level of consistency where you got to play. Right. There's no way around it. So if you're going to say, these are our two guys, make this very clear. If those are our two guys, then they're going to have to play a minimum 65 to 70 games so that you can have the consistency, right? So when you are talking about building and playing well in the playoffs, you have to u- utilize the regular season to figure out how you need to play well in the playoffs. And the only way you can figure that out is a level of consistency. Right, right now, if LeBron, who's averaging 30 points a game, you can't argue when he plays. You can't argue his stats. Right, You can see that he still can play at an elite level. However, we still have to win games because we got to get to the playoffs. Yes, You still have to play a certain amount of games. And we're going to need those guys to carry the load. 
And that is, and, and, and right now you're saying the only piece that we have as far as the resources would be another contract to build another, you got to bring in another level of quality of players. You can't right. just have minimum players coming in and depending on LeBron James and these guys to just carry this with just anyone. Although right. LeBron did say, B.J. Armstrong, and we were talking about it, that he said that, you know, um, the season wasn't a failure. And he also said that, <laughs> you know, you're laughing, right? Because we've all stipulated that it's championships here in this town, that the season wasn't a failure and that he, Anthony Davis, and Westbrook played in only 21 games. Right. And so when you hear that, his mindset could be, well, give us 63, right? Let's multiply. Let's get, let's make that three X times to play. All right? right. Where, you know, obviously there's another uh, quarter of a season in which there's going to be regular season games being played that the team could win and get to the playoffs. And then those three in the playoffs could dominate in a way like that. I could see that that's his, that's what he's thinking for roster yeah. construction just give us health and time and we'll be good. I don't, what do you think about that? Well, you know, concept? well, I, I tell you what, I'm going to put on my former athlete uh, jersey for just a second. Go for it. When you are an athlete, you have to, you have to think that way. I don't expect him to say anything else or anything less. I'm not, I'm not expecting him to say, well, I can't do it now. No, because, you know, you are always playing, you're always playing a mental game with your peers. And he has to say that to let everyone else know that, hey, I'm still engaged. I'm still here. And he still he still can do it. I mean, he's still playing at a high level. So I understand where he's saying. However, you know, as a coach, as an executive, I have to figure out how to help this 37-year-old. He's still 37 with a lot of miles on his body. I have to help him get through that season so that hopefully he will get to the playoffs feeling healthy, as fresh a legs as you possibly can have and then allow his experience to carry some things that maybe he can't do just five or 10 years ago. So there's a delicate balance here. So I expect him. It's great for It's great that he still has that mentality. I mean, Rich, look at 37, 38, we can go out there and average 30 points a game. I'm taking that all day long. Certainly if, <laughs> if you get to a spot and he's fresh legged for a two month tournament, Absolutely. Like, could you imagine if he's in, the, in this playoffs? And you're right not planning back to back games. So I get where he's coming from. Again, the main thing is I think we're miscalculating how to get him through the regular season right now. Mm-hmm. How do we manage as executives to get him through this 82 game stretch, back to back games, you know, three games in four nights? To me, your body doesn't recover. Well, maybe yours does. Nice. I, I don't recover like I used to, you know? Nice. Yeah. So, but you know what? I mean, he's, and I think you, and then the big component is, how do we get Anthony Davis on the floor for 70 plus games? That's, <laughs> that's the million dollar question because you know what? He is a talent. I know people can say, but look around the league. Anthony Davis is a major, major talent. Which is why I think it's all going to come out, LeBron and AD, and let's figure out how to move from here. So let's just say that, and as we we wrap up this conversation, then B.J. Armstrong here on the Rich Eisen Show, let's say LeBron, Anthony Davis, that's definitely, we're sticking with it. Clutch sports, we're going for it, right? (laughs) Right, The whole thing. That that this is the way they're going to come out of their initial meetings. Um, Do you think they're going to have a problem finding a top-notch coach who wants a piece of this? Because when when they're going to hire a coach, the Russell Westbrook rest of the roster issues won't already have been resolved. It won't even be, I don't think, close to being resolved. I mean, you got to get a coach on board. One would think think sooner rather than later. Um, do you think they're the coaching search might have a hiccup or two, even though they're still the Lakers? B.J. Armstrong, what do you think? I don't think they'll have a hiccup getting a top-notch coach. What I think they'll have a hiccup is figuring out the length that that coach is probably going to want once he once he comes to L.A. What does that mean? Is LeBron going to be here? Like, what's you know he's going to be up for an extension? What's the length of his What's the length of his deal? Who else are going to have the constructing of this roster? Is to me are going to be the key questions that every coach is going to want to you know. I know. know Some of these questions don't really have many answers. That's no, why I'm because, asking I mean, if this think is about this. Be... Think about this, Rich. You come here. 
and let's say you get a four-year deal. Yeah. You could go from, yeah, we could win a championship to suddenly the following year we are in a total rebuild with no draft picks. So I think there are a lot of questions here. Are we all in for the next three to four years? Are we halfway in? Is this a two-year run? That's why I'm asking if they're yeah. going to have a problem getting a coach I here. Don't, I, I, I don't think they will have a problem, but what I do think they're going to have is who's going to lead and give the direction and say, this is what we're doing and this is what we're committed to. So that's what it all comes down to. Is this a two-year deal? Is this a three-year deal? I mean, you're talking every year, you know, you get a year older mm-hmm. and the window is getting, you know, it's closing and closing and closing. So I don't think there will be, I don't think they will, I don't think they'll have a problem having interest in the job. Mm-hmm. I think they'll have a problem trying to get everyone lined up to where they all have the same expectations for that length of time, right? Because most coaches are going to probably want a four-year deal. And get paid. Too right. I mean, Ty Lue's uh, coaching the other team in the building yes. for a reason, right? You know, and and that's the you know, with LeBron there too. I mean, what a no brainer to try and match those two guys up, right? So, but, yeah, so but it, they couldn't it, get it done, or didn't get it done, or right. wouldn't get it done. I don't know what the phrase would be for that. That's why I'm wondering, like, what head coach would say? I love the you know. Every head coach this would say, I LA. love the Lakers. This is L.A. Yes, I love that. Is... I got a chance to maybe you know right. play with LeBron. You know, LeBron's but my but, guy. But when but... you say a good coach, you're saying you're going to want a coach with experience that's able to handle this situation. Correct. So, again, I think that coach is going to require a length of time and stability that's yes. necessary and know exactly what he's getting into. And that coach, that head coach, is mm-hmm. going to want to be lined up with his best players. Mm-hmm. And and that to me is the business that needs to be answered, and only the executives and the owner can answer that. Before I let you go, B.J. Armstrong, are you watching Winning Time? Are you catching any of that? I am not watching Winning Time. I, I you know, it's hard for me to watch these. This, things. I, I, I love it's it. Very it's very hard for me why, to watch. Why is that? Why because you, you know, you no, know, it's what? like the Last Dance. Like, yeah. First of all, I didn't know my life was that experience, and I didn't know the things I was doing was that you know. I, Spoiler alert! It 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 was and is. Oh yeah, it depends on what, it what was lens you're looking for. And it is of interest. That's just that's just. So uh, well, it depends on where you're looking from. But you know what? I I am not watching, but I heard it's excellent, and I'll leave it at that. <laughs> is it, so it's amazing. Rich is going. He's going to keep. He's going to keep crying now. He's going to keep crying. Exactly. So um, why? So watching somebody else's championship run dramatized is something you can't bring yourself to watch because of your own experience. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's, it's kind of, it's odd. It just, it's like, you know, I've never, you know, acted or been in a movie Mm -hmm. or anything, but I would, I would imagine it's odd to see yourself on the big screen. It was always odd. Like when I watch myself and they'll have a, you know, a a classic game on, right. Sure. Uh And I turn it off. It's like, it's kind of like it, is something it like it's it's odd to watch yourself. You can't watch an. Old I can't watch. Game? I can't watch it. No, I just can't. Like it's odd. I can't. I can't explain it. Like you know, my wife or my kids would be like, "Hey, Dad, you're on," and I'll. It's a, it's an automatic Could response. Really? So for me to, you know, like I know magic, so it's odd for me to see these stories and. <laughs> <laughs> no it's, stories. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> odd for me Come to on. see the, the drama. It's odd for me to see it. I can't. I can't. I don't know why. I just you're too can't. close to it. Is what you're saying? In yeah, a way, maybe something. I don't know why. It's an automatic response. If if I'm flipping through the channels and I see an old Bulls game or something, I'll, I'll just turn it immediately off. Well, I do that because you're you're beating the Knicks, so <laughs> it, it led to a miserable day and night for me. That's why I always click on that. Yeah. But man, okay. So I guess my follow up question is 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 a moot one. Like the a, a Chicago Bulls winning time type show. Oh. You yeah, you already said oh. that. I mean, that would be kind of off uh, the charts, right? Yeah. I mean, like that would be. I, I, I don't. I don't. I can't do it. What's no part of that? I can't. I can't do that. I mean, you can't put that type of pressure on me. I can't do it. I, I there's no he's, way. He's just freaking out. I know you got me sweating here right thought. now, right? You got me it's sweating just to think of just the thought of it. We could do a winning time about the Bulls just on the plane ride card games, right? Oh, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. 
I don't want to go there. I don't want to relive that. That was then. Come and, on, just pitch uh, most you ever lost to Jordan. Oh, oh, I, I, can't, I can't tell those things. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> if you're feeling that way, imagine you know Norm Nixon on the show is being played by his son. His son is oh. the actor who's portraying. I, there's his no dad. way I could do that. There's no way I could let my son do well, that. Well, BJ, you look the same. You could play That's yourself. Right. Yeah, right. yourself. <laughs> you, can, <laughs> you don't age. Yeah, come on. Oh, you could yeah. actually play yourself. No, no, you guys, you guys got me stressed out here. <laughs> <laughs> look at this. I can't. Well, well, we know who would play Jordan. It would be Michael B. Jordan. Would have to play Michael Jordan. I don't think he's tall enough to pull that. Off. No, yeah, he's, he's not tall. He's not tall enough. He's not tall enough. He can't do that. Right? I mean, you gotta, I mean, well, Solomon well, Hughes is we, we 6'11. Just had, we just had uh, yeah. Solomon Hughes who plays Kareem here. Oh, yeah. And he's, a, he's 6'10. Oh, wow. And here's the crazy thing is he was telling stories about, you know, playing. Because I said, I said to him, like, what are you more, most proud of? You getting Kareem's mannerisms down or a skyhook down? Like, that where, where you're attempting a skyhook on screen and you're, that's got to be the most pressure, <laughs> period, right? Where you're right, portraying right, Kareem, right. the player, and his skyhook. And he told a story that they wake, they make him wear platform shoes sometimes. Really? He's not at six ten. He's not tall enough. Yeah, Kareem is huge. Yeah, I know. Right? Kareem is huge. I, I mean, God, just the thought of having to make that shot—the most devastating, right. greatest shot ever. I mean, when we watch Kareem play, I mean, he's just a beautiful. He was a beautiful basketball player. Right. I mean, um, I have to talk about a little pressure. I'm just—you guys are making me nervous right now. I can't. <laughs> You can't I, even feel. You can't I, even I can't. I can't fathom that. So watching the last dance for you, you must have freaked you out too. Oh man, I was. Can't wait I, for it to end, right? I, I couldn't wait. Everyone else wanted more. I was like, when is yeah, this going to end? <laughs> <laughs> when is this going? I don't want to talk about well, it. Jerry you know? Krause is on line one. He knows when it ends. No, God, yeah. no, that would be something. No, I, I'll tell you what. Um, we we were talking about it too uh, about. Uh, the same version for the Cowboys and what Irvin would oh. do and all of that stuff. Oh my! I, mean, uh, I know. Uh, so, but uh, but yeah, there's you. You don't want any piece of I don't any want winning any piece time. Of, no, on the I don't want any. I don't want any piece of that. No, yeah. no, no, no part of it. BJ, could I real quick take you back to Iowa for a second? Um, you, I think I was in junior high when you were there. Roy Marble was one of my dudes who I would read yes. Sports Illustrated about. How good was Roy Marble? Yeah, Roy, Roy was the best. So Roy and I came to school together and. Um, you know, Roy was without question. He was, in my opinion, he was the greatest, you know, Hawkeye of all time. He was a phenomenal, phenomenal player, an incredible athlete. And uh, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, mm-hmm. but we were roommates and we came to school together. He's from Flint, Flint Beecher, I believe, up there. And uh, great roommate, terrific friend. And uh, I thought he was perhaps the greatest player of all time. Yeah, they come up there, you know, from uh, from Michigan with George Raveling. Sure. Um, so it was those are great times, great memories. And he was a phenomenal, phenomenal player, a terrific, terrific athlete. Yeah. Big Ten was no joke. back then. Oh, man. man that was see, I, I, I want to talk about that. But uh, this, <laughs> this movie stuff. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, as they say in the news business, we'll have to leave it there. Um, thanks for coming in. Uh, you're welcome here anytime. Man, so I'm going to reach out for you coming back. And, you know, as long as we don't talk about, you know, this <laughs> Hollywood <laughs> stuff. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm good. Look at these guys that laugh over here. <laughs> So many questions. I know. About we'll things like this guy, he's, he's saying like the winning time stuff makes me uncomfortable. You're like, how much you lose to Jordan on the plane? We'll talk more uh, Roy okay. Marble you know and there's stories there. Oh, on, yeah, there's some on. stories there. Very good. Thanks for coming on, BJ Armstrong. BJ Armstrong right here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. Hey, folks, it's time for the NFL draft, which means for me, I need a good night's sleep because if I don't have one, just not myself. You know the deal. You know exactly how important it is to have quality sleep. It's a game changer for all of us. So Sleep Number helps me. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's setting is 70. We both get a great night's sleep because we could adjust the firmness of our mattress on each side. Improve your quality sleep because Sleep Number learns how you sleep thanks to their smart beds and provide personalized insights to help you sleep better. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games. Wow. 844-204-RICH, number to dial on the program. Fun stuff with B.J. Armstrong. i got to be honest with you. Um, I, I find it uh, funny, but not surprising, that he does not want to watch Winning Time, that he knows the people yeah, and he doesn't want to watch the dramatization. And then I think he also yeah. thinks to himself, like, what if they, what if, what if the Bulls are next? Like, what <laughs> yeah. if the Bull? I, and, and he says he f- turns off there. the games of watching him. That's kind of crazy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, whenever I, I see, you know, old sp- Sports Center stuff of me with my flock of seagulls hair and stuff that like is that, a different I, lifetime. I feel I like know. it's a different person. Yeah. I really do feel like it's a different person. That he wants to just flip off, you know, watching his old classic games is wild because more. Likely than not, he's about to win. Yeah, that they game. win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, You know, it's not like, oh God, I don't want to relive that one we time that I got 45. my heart ripped out. They were the ones doing the ripping yeah. of the hearts out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, sure. that's a forget great, whose that's Twitter a account point. put 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 out over the weekend the 1995 NBA on NBC Open. Oh, wow! And just I I think I retweeted it. I don't know who did it off the top of my head. Um. Uh, so much passes my face over the weekend to try to stay ready for for this show on Monday. Um, it was, you know, the stars of the game were Mark Price for the Cavs and Larry Johnson for the Hornets and Barkley for the Phoenix Suns and Elijah Wan for the Rockets and Ewing for the Knicks. And they had Jordan in his number 45 uniform for the Bulls and just hearing the round ball rock, the John oh, Tesh yeah. uh, tome, you know, um, just brings back the greatest memories. But for for BJ, that brings on an instant click, you know. Rob Perez, worldwide. Is that, oh, yeah, wow. is that already? okay? Wow. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Very popular Twitter account. So pop that one out there. Hey, did you see the uh, news? The new, the newest match, golf yes. match. Is up. Let's go. It's kind of funny. It has morphed away from any professional golf playing individuals, and it's all NFL quarterbacks now, which is perfect for June 1st. This is great. The 12s, the old school 12s, Brady and Rodgers versus Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, the young guns. Now, I'm looking at the photograph of Patrick Mahomes. Uh, I, I don't know. Did they put his head on yeah. Steph Curry's body from like a previous? Oh, no way! Yeah, they see that's very weird. Look at that doesn't look like him. No, no way! I didn't well, notice no. that. No, I mean, that, I don't know if that's. Right, I on, mean, how many on. how many golf photographs are there of Josh Allen? They may all be. I mean, Brady and that's and Rogers. They no, have Rogers they have those. No, that's stock from like last year. You think? I don't know, brother. Yeah, his head looks a little weird. On but the it, 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 that looks photoshopped to yeah, me. I think right, I'm, I'm looking you, for some old. It's Steph in Curry Vegas. It's in Vegas. Oh, it's at the win where they did the Shambo and. Uh... Oh, is that Shadow Creek? Yeah. Oh yeah. boy. Yeah. So the so Shambo was in Montana. No, the Shambo and Brooks played each other at the win course, and that's oh, okay, where, that's where they're doing this one. Very good. Yeah. June first, in Las Vegas, Nevada, Rogers and Brady together teamed up against the Young Guns and Josh out. The smack talk has already started. Here's uh, Brady saying, an artist's wow. rendering of me watching Josh Allen approach after laying up on par four. I believe that is uh, Josh Allen's Bill's helmet and face placed on top of Tom's child. What's wrong with Brady, man? So also, by the way, Tom. Well done, Tom. Team no shirt. Team no shirt. Hey, man. Hey, Brockman. This is if like I, I was told Tom you about Brady, the Masters. Guys, if I, was, this. if I was Tom Brady, not only would I not be sitting here, but if I was sitting here being <laughs> Tom Brady, I would, have, I, I would be shirtless, too. You know, you but the RE52 system that doesn't exist. You know? <laughs> Brockman, like I told you about the Masters, I'm into this. There you go. I got it. Let's I'll go. Be, I'll be a party, party at TJ's no, house. Yeah, yeah. I'll come to a par- invite me to this party. Very there. good. We have Trey Wingo coming up in hour number three. Don't go anywhere. Having some fun. 
By the way, I made some delicious Orville Redenbacher this weekend. You play popcorn in the pool. Hey, yeah, he sent out to everybody. You used your popcorn machine from the price, right? Yeah, I did. It's funny. uh, We were at somebody's house yesterday, Susie and I. uh, In a hammock. Yeah. Oh, she sent you that. Me, Susie, and Brockman are in a text chat, just so you know. No. It's a dunk on Rich. It was a dunk on Rich. Yeah. They get you right. At any rate, I, I was in a hammock for just like like I I got a chance to actually. Yeah, it looked like you were, you were yeah. comfortable. It was nice, but the reason why I bring it up is that they had a uh, they had a ping pong table. And oh, Susie's ooh. like, we need a ping pong table, Rich. We should get a ping pong table. Wow. I'm like, I know somebody who has one, who might not be using it. Does nothing with it. He probably put he probably uses it to eat dinner on as his dinner table. No, it's still in the box. <laughs> still boxed up. <laughs> Wow. Is it well, I'll take I'll take your ping pong table. I mean, you could you purchase go. it, perhaps. Well, I mean, do you Ooh. want to get to what's the actual retail price? Do we want to do a Price is Right game for for me to well, get it? I mean, we could. You know, plus you got to come move it. That's the big thing. Like, oh, like don't I worry said, about that. The dudes that delivered it were two cats that were bigger than me, and they that'll were sweating the, like they were doing. something. That'll be the nice parting gift. Oh, I'm for, for the ping pong I, table. Is that no I, would, I, I would pick Shane, it up. Remember? I would pick it up. You come get it. Okay, I would come get it. You would not be able to lift this. Is what I'm saying. Uh, I, well, I mean, uh, TJ, I would not be the one to <laughs> yeah, physically come and remove it from your house. That would not happen. But. but I mean, if it's doing nothing, I mean, and got, my kids would, you know, play it, yeah, use it. Use... I've got a couple bids on it. Ooh, oh, you yeah. know. what do you mean? A, well, a couple people have hit me up about, like, you know, do I want to sell it? Like a... Ashton? <laughs> no. Yeah. Here's the deal. The one time where you could have used new... Ashton during the grab bag when I was talking about Entourage, you didn't say it was this Ashton. Well, because, because I didn't want to interrupt one... your flow. Your flow was going <laughs> well, in the That was the one time you, I you... was talking about Ashton, though. <laughs> so when you say people have hit you up have you placed this on the internet already for purchase no 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 i just had a few friends like before i left the okay. show taping that so day are you telling me someone are, gave are me you their telling, card are you telling me no you will not sell your ping pong table to me or are you telling me you're in a bidding i'm now in a bidding yeah, war you for your ping pong table. Table. yeah i mean look yeah. it's people are offering some some money for this thing so i'm more than i'm not saying give it to me for nothing i know i'm just saying you know we're going. It's like a higher register know, argument right now. Right now, <laughs> I just, just tell me how much it's worth, TJ. Forty-four thousand dollars. No, it's not. Oh, wow. That's over. Double over. <laughs> motorcycle's worth. The motorcycle. Double over.